On this week's episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast, recorded October 11th, 2020, we recap the Bears' win over Beckman and take a look at the 2020 state football playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Matt? Playoffs? Yes. Okay. Everybody's well, in this year. Well, what? not this week. Not this week, but we will get to that and many more things on this episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranchFootball.com. Before we actually get into talking West Branch football and all that goes along with that from last week and, and the future, we have a special announcement to make. It is Sunday. It is October 11th. And you know what October 11th is, Stephen? It is one Mr. Matthew Scheinander's birthday. Because everything at westbranchfootball.com basically goes through Matt. His power, he's got all the veto power. And without that, uh, all the wonderful things that go on to that website, and all certainly on Friday night during the Bearcast, and all the other things uh, would not be possible without his talents. So, happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday, Matthew. Thank you. 21 again. 21 again. 21 again. <laughs> now let's talk some football. West Branch wins Friday night, final score, 35-21 to 21 over Dyersville Beckman. Which puts West Branch at 5-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in District 5, Class 1A. Which is, when Matt gets later on, he'll find that there are three teams with one loss in the district. We'll get into that later. But 35-21 to 21 scores a lot closer than maybe the game actually was at the end. I tell you, it started slowly. But boy, when the Bears scored, they scored in droves. Gave up a touchdown, Matt, and then 35 consecutive points. Yeah, I mean, after Beckman pulled ahead 6-0 there in the second quarter, the Bears came right back on that very next drive and said, okay, uh, let's play. And, you know, first, second down didn't really get anywhere, but on a third down and long, Gavin Hirschman scrambled for 21 yards to keep the Bears' play alive. Very next play, a 38-yard pass from Gavin to Carver Belk up the middle middle of the field. And then an 18-yard Henson run inside the five, and then a Henson one-yard touchdown run. 80-play, seven-yard drive to go up seven to six. And just like that, the Bears were off and running on their way to 35 unanswered points. Like I said, that's uh, started slow, picked up speed, and started to roll down the hill, Stephen, like a snowball gathering and getting larger and larger, kind of like the deficit. Got to 35 to 6. Yeah, well, and just looking at the drive chart, you had three and out, I think, think one or two first downs and a punt, turnover on downs, and then touchdown, touchdown. The first half ran out. You start the second half, touchdown, 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 and then you had the punt and the missed field goal to close things out. But yeah, you had that stretch there, you know, middle part of the second quarter into early in the fourth quarter where the Bears just started clicking on all cylinders, both sides of the football. Um, you know, really kind of like we've seen most of the year, aside from a few plays here or there, and you know Nick Offerman's gonna find a way to make something happen. You know, he had a couple of nice runs that really kept Beckman in that football game. But, you know, you take those away, and we were really able to control some of them, some of the things they were wanting to do. 
we started to find a, you know, some soft spots in that defense and ways that we could attack it. And I had said that during the broadcast is, you know, those first couple of drives, you could tell that the coaching staff was just trying to feel their way through. It's kind of like the early rounds of a boxing match. You, you know, how's he respond to this? How's he respond to that? Now I know this is what my go-to is going to be from that point on. And once you were able to probe enough, we figured out, okay, here's how we can attack that defense and have some success. And much like his uh, real-life comedian counterpart, that kid was no joke. No joke with his play. Absolutely. What we talked about it last week, Stephen and I talked about it on Tuesday, that he really is the focal point of that offense. Not only a leader in passing, leader in rushing. Well, specifically the running game for him, Matt, was on full display. Yeah, I mean, that that was a huge key to... um Beckman being really in it at the end of that game too. I mean, well, and even to start off, you know, he had the, you know, 40 something yard, I think it was 40, 40 something yards, something like that. Yeah. 42 yard touchdown run uh, to put them up six, nothing. And then he did it later in the game as well um, to try and get Beckman back in it. And that was a 50 yard run down to the two, but then the very next play he finished it off and got right in too. And so, you know, even with, you know, Naughton and Kelker being out for most of the second half, I mean, Naughton out for the rest of the game and Kelker being out until he came back in for just all of a sudden he was back in and boom, yeah. big play. I mean, yeah, it really showed what, even with those two being out, how much Offerman really made a difference, makes a difference to this team. Well, let's take a look at the statistics, Matt. First, let's let you break down scoring by quarter. Yeah, so first quarter. <laughs> second quarter uh nick offerman had a 42 yard touchdown run as we just talked about uh it's just on a simple quarterback keeper just almost like a play action kind of play he faked it to Hunergarth, just right went ran right off her right end and uh nobody out there for west branch all the way down the sideline um and in the end zone uh uh, the Blazers' PT was unsuccessful, so 6 nothing Beckman at that point. And then, as I mentioned, Bears come right back um, with the one-yard touch. Uh, Andy Henson touchdown run. Uh, Barry to Berger and off Federland's foot was good, so 7-6 to six there. Um, and that was the the drive that I talked about, um, you know, with the really big consecutive big plays there. Second quarter still, Bears extend their, extend their lead to 14-6. to six. Um after a 15-yard uh, screen pass on third and eight, uh, Gavin Hirschman finds Simon Palmer down this, uh, for a seam, seam route down the middle of the field for a 24-yard touchdown. And, and Gavin was hit as he was throwing it, and he actually kind of had to lean back to throw it to evade the, the hit. And actually, it worked out to his advantage because he needed to, needed to kind of loft that ball into Palmer there. It was just right over the fender, perfectly placed into Palmer's hands. Not that that's very hard to do for, for Simon. But yeah, 14-6 West Branch. Uh, and that's where we were at at halftime. Um, first drive of the second half for the Blazers. Uh, they got a first down, but West Branch still forced them to punt. Uh, that first drive for West Branch, um, Andy Henson, 63-yard touchdown. 21 to six bears at that point. 
And then um, still in the third quarter, Gavin Hirschman finds a wide-open Carver Belk uh, down the Beckman sideline for a 48-yard touchdown pass and catch. The Blazer defender just fell down within, I don't know, the first five or ten yards. So it was really just a kind of a game warm-up throw there when they're doing their routes before games, just right down the sideline there to Carver. Um, and he just really had to jog into the end zone at that point. So PAT was good, 28-6. to And then the Bears extended it to 35-6 to on an Andy Henson one-yard touchdown run, his third of the game. Uh, Beckman started to try and claw back into this one, as I mentioned. Um, Nick Offerman, a 50-yard run down to the two. He got in on the next play on a run uh, again. Uh, Two-point conversion was good, so 35-14 at that point. Still in the fourth fourth quarter, uh, Offerman finds Kelker. All of a sudden comes back in after getting, a, I think it was a shoulder hurt. Um, just was able to get fi- behind some West Branch defenders on a post route, and 80 yards later, he's uh, he's in the end zone. So 35-21 at that point, and we're thinking, ooh wee, what are we? What have we got here? We got a game. Um, but thankfully, Carver Belk uh, late late there in the fourth quarter was able to pick off an Offerman pass. And that uh, that sealed the deal for a 35-21 West Branch win. And somewhere in there, we'll talk. I mean, I want to wish our best to uh, Elliot Naughton, linebacker, tight end for Dyersville Beckman. I believe Stephen was it late in the second quarter. Uh, it was the like second play of the third quarter. Yeah, second it was the third play. quarter. Okay, yeah. definitely a, a, a fairly significant lower body injury, uh, and hopefully he heals. He's young. Hopefully he heals up well and uh, gets back to normal normal life more important than football but we want to wish him well if uh if he's listening or anybody in Dyersville listening make sure and extend extend our well wishes for that i think boys absolutely so 35 21 matt man yeah i mean one moment that i wanted to kind of point out from this game and i i pulled up in the notes thing on my phone during the game while this was happening just because i'm like okay this is uh this is an important moment here uh the second drive of the half for Beckman. Um, First half or second half? Uh, second half. The second okay. drive of the half for Beckman. Um, you know, they were coming off, or they were getting the ball back just after a big Andy Henson, that 63-yard touchdown run. Um, you know, those two key injuries to Naughton and Kelker. They had they were faced with a third and two, two straight false starts to drop them back to third and 12. And then Jeff Bowie you know, looking like a volleyball player spiked it out of the, out of the, the back of the end zone. And then Beckman had to punt and it only got to the 45. So West Branch set up in great field position and then boom, a 48 yard touchdown pass, um, just a backbreaker. And just like that, the bears led were up 28 to six. And that was kind of when West Branch took control of that game. Um, from a defense handing it off to the offense perspective and and the Blazers you know two key guys out you know credit to them they they stuck it out and tried to make it there interesting at the end but I think that was kind of the the turning point in the game and Stephen correct correct me if I'm wrong really quick and then go on here after Bowie uh, swatted that pass Word has it you guys ate at the Country Kitchen or what's it country called? Country Junction, right across the street, yeah. Sounds like the cook had a pot of boiling water and put that football in it to try to make some taste up for the next day's special. Well, and that he thing caught it on the bad. fly, too, I think. That's how yeah, Bob, Bowie hit that ball back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, Stephen. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was um, I thought it was interesting. We were talking a little bit going into halftime, and sideline Jerry came over. He's like, you know, what do we want to talk about? 
I said, well, it's interesting. It's the inverse of last week. You know, Durant, we find ourselves down by eight points going into the locker room. How is this young team going to respond and be able to come back and try to win that football game? This week, it was, we're ahead by eight points. How are we going to play with that lead, stay aggressive, and be able to get going? And we did a fairly good job of that. But as we heard from Coach Peterson in the post game, and I think one of those things that you still have to learn is you're sitting at 35 to 6, and it felt like some of the focus went away. And Coach Peterson even said that was, you know, they let up just a little bit for a stretch in there, and suddenly you find Beckman, they get a touchdown, they force a three and out, they get another touchdown, and what looked like was going to be a comfortable football game turns into a two score game all of a sudden. And so I think. Still, looking at it, great performance, great victory by this team, but still some things that the coaches can point to and say, you have 48 minutes of football out there. It doesn't matter if you're ahead by 9 points or 29 points or 99 points. You still have to play the game with the same intensity because the other team's going to be doing that same thing. And so, you know, hopefully, again, that's something that they can see that you cannot take plays off. And especially as we're getting into these next few weeks, you're going to have competition that starts stepping up each and every time. So they're going to be ready to go. If you take that play off, you're going to get hurt by it. Uh-huh. And I think in that you talk about the maturity of a team growing and growing, Stephen, is there is one play in that game that that maybe changed the complexion of the, of the second half once West Branch was at 35-6 and they punt the football a ball that could have been down, that they thought they had downed at the one, but one of the would-be defender, one of the guys that was covering the ball for West Branch had his foot in the end zone, put the ball at the 20. Very next play, Matt, what happened? Touchdown. 80 touchdown. Now, if that ball's downed inside the five, are they going to run a, run a skinny post empty situation the way West Branch was getting pressure on the quarterback? I don't know. I don't think they do. I doubt at that point it's the first thing you're doing and we're going to play chuck and duck from from safety territory. So it's little things that hope going forward, these young players have learned are going to learn. The coaches are going to coach them. And I think they'll shore up if they're in that situation again. But how we got there, Matt told us some statistical stuff here from that game. West Branch, 445 yards of total offense. Steven, you had them at 447. I know. I was wrong by two yards. I like yours more because that's Plus two. It's two more yards. Same I had with Gavin da- for two more rushing yards. I don't know. That's it. Same with Dyersville Beckman, 272 total yards. You had him for two more, right? Um, I had him. Got to get back to the right paper here. What I'm saying is. I had 274 total. Is yeah. very, he's very, um, he's a very nice guy. Very charitable <laughs> with his numbers. But in, uh, West Branch outgained his opponent who was undefeated in a district by a hundred and around 170 yards total offense. A lot of that may be coming towards the end of the game up until that point. If you take away the last three drives of Beckman and say the last two drives of West Branch, it was three. there was about 300 yard, 320 difference in total offense to that point. One of the two stats I'm going to point out, and I'm going to turn it over to you guys, time of possession. Have not seen a team, when you see a team have out of 48 minutes, you basically control the game. You control the ball for, oh, 66% of the game. I bet it leads to a lot of rushing first downs. And for the third consecutive week, guys, 
I used the stat two weeks ago. I used it last week, and I talked to Coach Hirschman about it yesterday, this being Sunday. He, I told him, you know, for the third consecutive week, your team, your offense has 15 or more rushing first downs. And he said that balance is starting to come together, and teams are starting to pack the box, and yet West Branch is still pushing guys down the field. Well, a big part of that, too, is Gavin Hirschman being able to extend plays and run the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, I think, two, three, maybe more drives that were extended in, uh, because of Gavin's ability to run on third-down situations and at least make it a fourth-and-one or get the first down. And without that, you know, we, we, we couldn't do that, um, you know, without Gavin. And then for the most part, when he... Um, played in the game against Cascade, it was kind of we were kind of hesitant to run him. Period, and so that's just a, a huge ability to have in the run game to uh, get those first downs on the ground and and keep drives going. And then to piggyback on that too, just the fact that okay, when you start running those run pass options or some of those rollout passes, you know that Cascade game, obviously he's not at 100%, he's not completely comfortable. And so, you know, those linebackers can kind of drift back a little bit. They can wait and, you know, force him to decide he's going to run it and then be able to close ground on him in a hurry. Now, all of a sudden, they have to decide, okay, am I going to stay back in pass coverage and give him a running lane that he can get 6, 8, 10, 15 yards? Or am I going to come up and play the quarterback? Now, all of a sudden, you've got a guy on a crossing route that's got an opening in that zone. So, it's doing good things with the run game, but it also then starts to open up that passing game a little bit more. And if you watch the film, and you guys were at the game, you saw this too. West Branch was never in an advantage inside the box. From tackle to tackle, the numbers never favored West Branch. Dyersville Beckman left seven in the box, even eight most of the game. Yet, that offensive line, those skill position players, Stephen and Matt, kept delivering. And you could, po- as it said in, in a movie, called Varsity Blues. You could stamp po- U.S. Post Office on on their backs and certainly on the back of Andy Henson because from about halfway through the second quarter on, they were delivering and delivering big. 29 carries, 172 yards. For the second consecutive week, Henson carried the ball nearly 30. He had 29 carries this week, 30 last week, both times over 170 or more rushing. And most of that coming in the second half in both games. Before we move on from this game, Jay, I did want to give a shout out to uh, Peyton Miller and Kinnick Belk and you know, just how good they've been in coverage all season long with deflecting passes, knocking them down, interceptions, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that the pass defense has been somewhat of a weak point for West Branch, you know, as far as I can remember or as long as I can remember, but they have really turned it around this year and they have really taken away any passing advantages that teams we faced. If if they had a passing advantage coming into the game, it really, really wasn't evident at all. And I think of one play with Kinnick in particular where they had run, I mean, it was a legitimate stop and go move. I mean, the receiver stopped, took about a step backwards, and then took back off down the field. And that's the hardest play for a cornerback when you're one-on-one. And you saw Kinnick backpedaling made a cut like he was breaking towards the receiver, saw that he was going, and he recovered quickly, got back, got a hand up in the passing lane, and knocked it away for what could have been a pretty big play. So 
yeah, those are things that you're seeing some good growth and development from all of those guys in that secondary. And the very first play of the game you saw, and Matt, great point, great insight there as far as these D-backs making, making changes with the, from the coach advice, coach, coach's advice and taking advantage of it. For a week ago, a couple plays may have got past them against Durant. So, of course, you see those things on film. And the Blazers saw it on film. In the very first play of the game, they took a shot. A very well-thrown ball down the home sidelines. Peyton on the inside, and he knocks it away on the very first offensive play that Dyersville had. Saves a touchdown. Maybe a week ago? Not sure if he's in that position, but he was this week. And when he came to the sidelines, I said to him, why didn't you pick that off? He was, I was just happy they saw the ball rolling on the ground after I hit it. He said, I'll get one. And wouldn't you know it, late in the first half, he's in position again, and he got an interception. So they're growing, and Matt, you already talked about uh, Mr. Belt getting one late in the game to seal the deal. So closing it up, the Bears win. And what does that mean as we check in first, I guess, with picks-to-click review, Matt? Yeah, um, won't have any picks this week, but we can review our ones from last week. Uh, I had Gavin Hirschman, Stephen, you had Andy Henson, Jason, you had Jack Buell. And who wins? They all had pretty good games. I say they all have really good games. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the Bears. The Bears win. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that, a, that, man. we all win. Yeah. Let's hear from our sponsor, Touched by Power. Touched by Power Massage Therapy offers you the chance to relax, refresh, rejuvenate, and heal. Featuring a variety of massage options plus spa services, licensed massage therapist Tracy Hartz can help your body feel better. Touch by Power is located on Main Street in the heart of downtown West Branch. Find the available treatments or book your next appointment by visiting touchedbypower.com or call 631-1214. So, District 5 check-in real quick, Matt. West Branch finishes 5-2, and 3-1 and one over on the district I mentioned earlier that there were three teams with one loss, and Matt would tell us about that later. It's now that time, Matt. Yeah, before we get to that, just um, some other scores around the district there in Week 7 as we closed out the regular season. Uh, Wilton defeated Northeast Goose Lake 41-6. Cascade comes back and beats Durant 42-41 in overtime in well, it sounds. I need to go watch that game on Huddle yeah. <laughs> just because it sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, yeah, West Branch defeated Beckman 35-21. to So how things ended up in the regular season in District 5, uh, Beckman and Cascade uh, with four wins and one loss in the district, West Branch three wins and one loss in the district. They, of course, uh, missed a district game due to Northeast Goose Lake being out um, and us having to find another game to schedule. Uh, Durant finished at one and three in the district. Wilton one and four in the district, and Northeast at zero and three in the district. Um, so yeah, three way tie there at the top between Beckman, Cascade, and West Branch. And we'll talk about this, but I guess technically West Branch gets the advantage there as their they do. winner. And, and and oddly enough, last week we discussed it on the podcast, and I jokingly said step number three was. And you, somebody said point differential. Somebody said this, well, and I, I said know, I jokingly the alphabet. Said the point differential. I know you did. I know because I know I it said, wasn't the thing this year. Yeah, and I said 
wouldn't you know the alphabet might come into play? And this year it says right there for home playoff games, it will favor the end of the alphabet if you get to that point in the tiebreaker as well. Turns out that's exactly what they used for the um it turned it's exactly what they used to decide who got the bye in District 5. As West Branch, of course, with the W is at the end of the alphabet, and they got the bye. Perhaps there were other things that went into it saying how were they playing as they, the season wore on, but I guess we can point to the alphabet as you can say it in reverse and it's in your favor. If you could do it reverse real quick in five seconds, Matt, can you go through the alphabet in reverse for a free uh, eight, eight uh, box of uh, wingdings? Z-Y-X, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. So that's wonderful. That means West Branch is named the district champion, and that leads to what, Stephen? Playoffs. The playoffs? No. Playoffs. But we don't get to play. But we exactly. (laughs) At twelve o'clock, and Matt, you were watching as well as I was. Perhaps Stephen was too. Exactly twelve o'clock, as the Iowa High School Athletic Association said they would. They released the. First and second round pods, I guess you could call them, for the 2020 state playoffs. Every team in the entire state of Iowa that is playing football this year, congratulations, you are on in these pod distinctions. They are not every going now to and get, again they'll you know live up to what they say. They released it at <laughs> noon. They, they I'm going to stop right there. Care about the kids with a nest line for the at the end. At any rate, it's a it's it's a gift. Everybody gets to keep playing because normally there would be two more weeks of regular season football, but it's 2020. Just having one game was probably more than some teams expected. Well, you're going to get a get to be in the the new wave postseason. Now you will not get an award per the Iowa High School Athletic Association until the round of 16. But every team has made it. West Branch guys was put into a pod of three. They were given. A bye may sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. NSYNC says, baby, bye, bye, bye. Oh, my. And West Branch is going to take a week off. But they aren't going to get two weeks off. Is they're going to be set up to play the winner of whom? Van Buren and Mediapolis. Van Buren and Mediapolis. And that game will take place in Mediapolis at a beautiful, a beautiful uh, turf field. Nice, nice little stadium down there near Burlington. I'm sure a lot of West Branch fans, including myself, are going to make their way to uh, about 60, is about 60 miles to Minneapolis to the southeast. Does that sound about right, Stephen? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the home of uh, growing up of a few West Branch residents. You have a, I believe, Dave Aspelmeyer, Todd Trimble, Michelle Trimble. All living there had grew up in that town. But these two teams have faced off before Minneapolis and Van Buren in week three. At Van Buren, the Bulldogs in Minneapolis went on the road and decisively put up 41 points and only gave up six to begin their district schedule 1-0. So you would think that maybe it'll go to that as it, as the... You can look at things like that and as mid... Minneapolis began to score more points, guys, as the season wore on and got better and better. Unfortunately, Van Buren got it did not get much better for them, including a week six loss to Cardinals, 74 to 0. 
but they give up an average in district of nearly 55 to 6. I think it's 56 points per game. So it's a tall task for them to stop Minneapolis again. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how it shapes up and what that means for us for the next round of the playoffs. And if you guys missed our picks to click for this coming week on the bye week, we didn't give them, but we're going to say Mother Nature at the Little Rose Bowl is our pick to click. It's going to start cooling off. There's going to be a little rain before that, going to green the grass up a little bit. And that field is going to be in pristine condition here in a couple of weeks when the Bears finally get to play in West Branch, evidently. It's been a while, but we're sure looking forward to it. I guess the Bears wear black jerseys at home, do, if, if I'm yeah, right. Do we, do we have a field? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's in town. Oh, We're going to have to put like a staff together or something to run the scoreboard and... Yeah, I'll make some calls. And... Matt, you want to check to see what the facilities are like to make sure that we can have room <laughs> for the Bearcast? Yeah, we'll have to see. We might have to set up in the stands or do something. I don't know. Well, it's good to know that it's gonna, it's, it is certainly going to happen. The only way it wouldn't happen, we will not talk about that because that's not going to come to watch. I think now we'll move into, before we move forward to talking about perhaps further on down the line in the playoffs, maybe some other pods, playoff pods to look at. So weird to say that. Let's hear from the Hoover Presidential Foundation. The Hoover Presidential Foundation helps promote and enhance the understanding of Iowa's only native-born president, Herbert Hoover. Become a member to gain exclusive access to information about exhibits and events at the Hoover Library and Museum and National Historic Site. Visit hooverpresidentialfoundation.org to learn more and sign up. Be uncommon. So I'm sure everybody out there has looked at pods. Looked at some other pods around, around the pods? state. Of Iowa. Tide pods, just don't eat them. <laughs> mm, those taste so good. Yeah, they don't taste good. But victory will taste sweet in, this, in the playoffs as you go on. And I think there are some fun playoff pods, Matt, looking for... Looking at some of the playoff pods that include district games, Matt. How about that? Oh, man. Yeah, we've got uh, in pod eight, we have three district five teams. Hmm. thought that wasn't supposed to happen. But three district five teams. Northeast uh, takes on Beckman. And then L&M is at Durant. Um, so, yeah, the likely coming out of that, we'd see a rematch between Beckman and Durant. Um, that would be a fun one to watch for that was, sure. Yeah, that was a solid week six game, 24 to 17 at Beckman. Yeah, and then of course in pod 10, you know, Van Buren and Meepo, Jason, as you said, there are, and then I think Sigourney, Kyoto, Cardinal, Eldon, and Beacon, are they all in the same district? They team? are all in the same district. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some, like 1A has some really, really, really scary teams in it, and, you know, some here on the east side of the state, but mostly on the west side of the state. But yeah, there's, you know, once we kind of get past these first two weeks here, um, regardless of West Branch is playing or not, I think there's going to be a lot of good, a lot of good football left to play. Did you talk about pod nine, Matt? Uh, Wilton oh, yeah. at Cascade. Yeah, Wilton at Cascade, yeah. Man. Just... So basically we are the only team from our district that Durant will not Branch. have a district rematch in the first or second round. more than, Yes, that is correct. Unless for some reason, well, no, because Durant would have 
either yeah. northeast or so, would yeah. have northeast or Beckman. Yeah. yeah, if they win. Well, let's talk about pot eight real quick. Northeast at Beckman. I'm going to go ahead and give Beckman the nod there. I think we're probably all in agreement. L&M at Durant. If you look at L&M's record, look at Durant and take it into, into effect. Of course, West Branch played Durant, and it was a solid game in week six. And I'm, take into effect Nolan DeLong. And Nolan DeLong, who put up 240-something yards and four touchdowns just this week. Uh, I'm going to say Durant, who just put up 41 points on Cascade in week six, is going to come out of that at home from a home victory to face Beckman. Now that game, of course, is going to get moved to Beck, play back in Dyersville based upon the head-to-head that they had previously. And Pod 9, I think, will go ahead. Love Coach Hetzler. I love the things that they've been doing and getting a little bit better each week uh, over there in Wilton. And, man, they gave Beck, Dyersville Beckman all it wanted in Week 6, 42-30. Was that the final in that week, that yeah. game? Yep. So that may be a lot closer than, than we think. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead with Cascade as a home team there. Probably may get the victory. And Denver has uh, just had a good, gave the district champion in their district a close game this week. 28-21, I think, was the final there. Uh, hosting Sumner Fredericksburg in a rematch of, the, of a district game. So I'll go with Denver to play Cascade there. And then West Branch. I'm going to go with and say Meepo. They would be a tough out when they come to West Branch if they get there. I find it a little interesting that, uh, you know, again, no district rematches and you're looking at district finish. You have a district champion matched up in a pod with the district runner-up in the second yeah. round. Interesting, isn't it? Just, yeah. And it's it's that way in just a couple of Just an observation. Other, from just my an mind. observation. And it's that way in a couple of, it may be that way in a couple other districts. And that's only because geography plays a role. Right. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto's district is kind of a, as far as Iowa, that district is sort of an anomaly. It's basically the only 1A district in the area. So seeing teams from that district play each other, Matt, I think is, that's, that is not a big surprise as the West Branch district could be matched up with, say, the Dyke New Hartford district. And you could have a cross district and not even really see anything in the first round, but that's not the way it went down. And you play the play the team on the other side of the football in front of you. And I, I mean, I don't envy the state here for having to match, do all these matchups right. and all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, it it is what it is. You know, regardless of what the state said that they're going to try not to do, it doesn't matter. This is this is what they've done, and this we're is playing it. football, and you just got to go win. And yep, that's the thing. You win and move on, and um, going to be be that way if you want to make it to make it to the dome for the next month. Uh, yep. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> get to the dome, so yeah. Just for listeners, you know, we I think we talked about this um, way back at the beginning of the season, but there'll be um, yeah these uh, pods for the first two rounds, and then the <clears throat> sixteen remaining team, right? Sixteen, sixteen remaining, yeah, sixteen remaining teams after that. Um, we'll kind of going on to the playoffs like our normal playoffs and the state will reseed and reshuffle everyone then as well. well really quickly um, though let's take out the word reseed not saying they aren't going to seed them in their mind and put pods together that way but right there on the Iowa on the website of the athletic association it says teams will not be seeded but I bet if you look at some of those pod matchups later on guys when they get to the round of 16 
I, I just have a feeling they're going to try to get who they feel are the top four or five teams split up and in a certain quadrants of the state. That's just my feeling. Well, I don't I, know about you. I hope so. Yeah. So if they do that, then, hey, man, yep. it, it, you got to be the best. To be the best, you got to beat the best anyway. It doesn't really matter who's there. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So anything else you want to throw into this playoff, into the, into the wonk, Wonka machine and mix it up? 2020, man. <laughs> 2020 has done it again. So, yeah, no West Branch game this Friday, but we'll be uh, watching intently for Van Buren and Minneapolis to see who the Bears will play following Friday on October 23rd. And I think really quickly, I think, what do you guys, uh, you know, turn, turn it to you, Stephen, and of course you want to play, and normally, on a normal in a normal year, you would have a week eight re- regular season game. But what are the advantages per, of getting a bye? What are the advantages of that, do you think? I mean... The biggest one is you just you miss out on some of that wear and tear on the bodies. You miss out on that chance of an injury. Um, I mean, obviously, anytime you get a chance to recoup a little bit, I mean, I'm sure that practice this week, they're going to be intense. They're going to stay focused, but they might back off just a little bit just to let these guys heal a smidge so that they can be just a little bit fresher going into the second round and then the rounds beyond that. So... Um, I mean, it'll help somewhat, um, at the same time, I mean, as well as we have been playing and you've got some of that progression going, that momentum going, you know, sometimes you almost want to just get back out there, but you know, I think it'll be good because, you know, you can spend that extra time. You're not game prepping. You're not saying, okay, our opponent this week is this team. So we have to plan for what they're doing. We have, you can say, Hey, here's some areas that we've really been struggling a little bit or some areas we need to shore up. We're going to focus intently on this this week. That's all we're going to do. We're not going to think about Van Buren or Mediapolis. We're going to think strictly West Branch this week. So let's rest up a little bit. Let's get healthy and let's start to fine tune and tweak some of these things so that when we know at 9 30, 10 o'clock Friday night, if it's Mediapolis or Van Buren, then we can start game planning but we can be that much stronger and better ourselves as a team overall. And to add on to that, Matthew, I, Matthew, I, I've got nothing. There is nothing to add on to that. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is I bet the coaching staff to a small degree, Stephen, I think to sort of kind of add on or you know, to one of your points will probably do a little bit of game plan for both teams both possibilities so it's not just oh we're showing up monday this is who we're playing and we're really going to get after it then which is what they'll do but i think there'll be a little bit of game plan for a van buren or for a meepo but yet try to shore up like matt said and you said a keep healthy b get some more reps and work on some things that that they see on film okay let's work on this get better at this and let this team keep that momentum they're building so two weeks from now, when we get back to the Little Rose Bowl on, what is that, October the 23rd, it'll be like they never left. It'll be like going to Doug Jackson Field. They've <laughs> been there so many times. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it it's going to be weird to uh, not actually talk about a football game next weekend that West Branch has played in, but the next time we come together, we'll get to talk about a game. And it's one of those games where we're to that point of the year where it, Tomorrow is not guaranteed anymore. 
it's it's one and done time. You either win or you go home. And that's the end of the year. Wrapping it up, we want to say thank you all year to you guys listening along with us, listening along to Stephen and Mike Quinlan and sideline Jerry Flagel on the Bearcast. And without the sponsors of those wonderful programs, and we have behind the scenes for our website, westbranchfootball.com or westbranch.football, as, as it were, uh, these things would not be possible. And here they are right now. The Talking Bear Football Podcast for the 2020 season is presented by Barnhart's Custom Services, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Corridor Drywall, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, the Fullwider Insurance Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation, Liberty Communications, Main Street Suites, Marcy Willier with Urban Acres Real Estate, Touched by Power, and the West Branch Times. Keep up with all things West Branch football on the internet, that whole interweb, whatever you want to call it, the internet, social media, all those wonderful things that Stephen's about ready to tell you. Just have to tell you that not everything you read on the internet is true, but I would say that 99.99... It's not what I read on the internet. (laughs) 99.99% of what you'll read from westbranchfootball.com is true, so... I would... I there might be a typo or something here or there. I, mean, uh, I can't give 100% accuracy, but yes. you can go to westbranch.football and get it. But okay. uh, you can also find links. <laughs> you can find other great information. If you're on Twitter, just search for or follow at WB Bears Football. If you are more of the Instagram type of person, you like uh, more of a visual medium, well, you can also go to at WB Bears Football. Facebook great place to get a lot of great information that's usually somewhat kind of maybe accurate west west branch football will have accurate information for you you just search for it like us follow it there uh our youtube channel subscribe you can get some of the highlights and other videos as they come up and if you happen to enjoy this podcast and you haven't done so yet what the heck are you doing figure it out man but go subscribe you can subscribe in Apple. You can subscribe in Spotify. There's all kinds of other uh, spot. Uh, can't even talk right now. Podcast players out there. Subscribe, like us, follow along. You just search for Talking Bear Football in the Talking Bear Football podcast. Right here at WestBranchFootball.com. Take care, everyone. <laughs>